0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Tiebreaker Tennis, the tennis podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find archived episodes of all of our podcasts on our website. It's totalsports247.podbean.com. You can find us on x at Sports underscore two four seven. And please consider subscribing to our newsletter, weekendweekout.substack.com. The Australian Open starts, I guess, tomorrow tonight, depending on where you're listening to this. I am in the uh, east coast of the United States, Boston specifically. First matches start at 7 p.m. Eastern time, so in about when you're here, when I'm, when this is going to get posted, probably about six or so. Hours You can watch coverage on ESPN Plus today exclusively, and then there will be overnight coverage or late night into the overnight coverage on ESPN Plus throughout the tournament, as well as regular spots on ESPN. Today, we are going to cover both the women's and the men's tournaments we're going to go through each of the draws and then look at some first round matches that are intriguing and make some bet recommendations we won't we'll, we'll talk about a decent amount of matches and we'll make very clear when we're making a bet recommendation because some matches that we'll talk about we find interesting and we may even talk about the odds but we won't necessarily make a recommendation. So that's how it's going to go. We're going to start with the women first because this field is so intriguing because there are so many champions. It's such a deep field, but it's not really deep from a seeding standpoint, sort of in the middle towards the end of the seeds. It's not particularly deep. It's like after that, the draw gets... Quite deep in terms of who is in it and potential for upsets and moving through draws depending on matchups, seedings, what have you. So, uh, for a recap, last year's champion was arena Sabalenka. She defeated Elena Rybakina in the final. Rybakina was the uh, 22nd seed, I believe, last year. And she took out Iga Sviatek, the favorite, in the fourth round to make it all the way to the final And get this, for the first time in the tournament's history, you have to listen to all these champions in the draw. They have six former Australian Open champions alone in the draw. Sabalenka from last year. Naomi Osaka is back from maternity. Caroline Wozniacki is making her return from maternity. Angelique Kerber is making her return from maternity. And then two other champions in the draw include... Sophia Kennan from a few years ago, and then Victoria Azarenka. Now, those are just the champions of the Australian Open in the draw. We have a whole host of other former Grand Slam champions in the draw. That includes the favorite, number one seed, Iga Sviatek. We have the number three seed, Elena Rabakina, who's a former Wimbledon champion. Four seed, Coco Gauff, who won the U.S. Open. We've got 7 seed, Marketa Vondrousova, who has won Wimbledon. 9 seed, Barbara Krajikova, who has won the French Open. 11 seed, Jelena Ostapenko, who has won the French Open. We've got Emma Raducanu in the draw, who was a US Open champion, and Sloane Stephens is floating around in this draw. She's had success at the Australian Open before and of course has won the US Open. We also have major finalists in this draw including number 6 seed Anjabor who's made 3 of the last 6 major finals. We've got the 32 seed Leila Fernandez who's a US Open finalist, Anastasia Palachenkova who is a French Open finalist, Carolina Pliskova and Danielle Collins and Collins was the Australian Open finalist just two years ago, and she has fallen to unseeded status. So this draw, as I said, is extremely deep, but it's not necessarily deep in terms of the seeded players. It's just the depth of the draw overall. And the amount of champions at the major level in this draw speaks to, I think, the unpredictability of this tournament because it's almost as if favorites to move on aren't necessarily the seeded players. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through each of the sections. So uh, the way this will work is there are eight sections and those sections uh, comprise uh, 16 players each. And we'll go through the section by the highest seeded player. That's what we'll call the section. We'll do this for the men's side as well. And we'll make some uh, recommendations as to who we think will advance to the fourth round and then the quarterfinals, and then uh, talk about potential champions, and then go through some of the first round match uh, odds that we like across the board. So, for the first section, this is kind of crazy. We have I- this is Iga Sviatek's section. She faces Sophia Kennan in the first round, which is. A terrible draw for her. Not only that, in the second round, her opponent is either Danielle Collins or Angeli Kerber. Those are two names you've already heard. Collins was the finalist two years ago, and Angeli Kerber is a former champion. So this is a very challenging draw for Sviatek out the gate, but I think it gets easier if she's able to get through these first two matches. The other seeded player on the bottom of the section is Veronica Kudermurtova, who I don't think is particularly dangerous. She has Marie Buskova potentially in the third round, who I also think she can get by as well. So this draw thins out for Sviatek, I think, a lot if she can get through the first couple matches. I would anticipate that her most likely fourth round opponent is the 19 seed, Alina Svitolina, who has won 17 WTA Tour singles titles herself. She took some time off. I believe she had a baby as well, and I think that's why she was off the tour for a little bit and is now coming back. She's been as high as number three on the tour, and she is an absolute fighter, kind of like Sviatek is. Their games are different. Uh, uh, Svitolina is a little bit more of a retriever, whereas Sviatek uh, controls points a little bit more. Um, that's my anticipation for a fourth round matchup. I think Sviatek gets by Kennan. I think it's a more of an unfortunate draw for Kenan than it is for Sviatek. Cannon is just outside of the seeded players at world ranking number 38, and then you, you know, you've got Collins and Kerber in that second round match. Collins has faded a little bit and um, not the best to get Kerber. Kerber had a great win in the United Cup against Aya Tomjanovic, and uh, she, watching some of that match, she was up to her old tricks and uh, you know, hitting the ball right on the line, hitting the ball really flat, and getting to a lot of the shots that Tomjanovic was throwing at her. So that was nice to see. I am going to go with uh, one of my picks for this draw is Angeli Kerber at +175. That's a pick we're going to make. We think she can get by Collins. Collins has just fallen on a lot of inconsistency in the last couple of years and we don't know that she's found her game just yet. We think it's a really tough draw for Collins. We would have liked to see Danielle ease into the draw, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, Like we said, Kerber showed some pretty good form in the United Cup, and we think she can get by this first round match to set up a clash with Sviatek in the second round. Ultimately, we like Sviatek to advance to the quarterfinals in Section 1. Section two, this is the Druseva section. We don't think Vondrusova is the favorite to get out of this section. We like the 11 seed, Jelena Ostapenko, to advance through the fourth round into the quarterfinals. Ostapenko looks fitter this year. She just won the tournament in Adelaide beating Kasikina in straight sets in the final. She has a, a pretty challenging draw, though, I would say. She gets... Uh, wild card, Kimberly Burrell in the first round, which should be fine. But then her second round match could get tricky with the winner between Aya Tamjanovic and Petra Martik. That could be uh, a challenging, probably a three-setter, I would think, for Ostapenko f- to get through. And then her third round opponent is likely Victoria Azarenka. Uh, Ostapenko and Azarenka, you know, veterans on the tour have uh, faced each other. Plenty of times, Azarenka has been on the tour for so long and has so many wins and knows how to win. And that could be one of the draws of the tournament if it materializes that way. Azarenka has beaten Ostapenko every single time they have played, uh, including uh, the quarterfinals in Brisbane just a few weeks ago when Azarenka took down Ostapenko 7-5 in the third Set so that could be one of the more captivating matches if it were to materialize. We would favor Ostapenko in that match, uh, considering her form this year. I believe that loss to Azarenka is the only one she has on the year, and again, we think she looks fitter and more motivated. She is re-entering the top ten this week after uh, a lengthy absence, which came off the heels of her French Open victory. On the bottom side of this section. Again, it's uh, Von Druseva anchors the section. The other seeded player is 27 seed Emma Navara, who just won uh, a tournament herself this past week, beating Elisa Mertens. And uh, she has moved up the rankings to um, a career high of number 31. She's seeded 27 in this tournament. She's not a particularly dangerous player, but I think she could get through to the fourth round here, depending on... uh, Von form. Von is extremely streaky. She's either beating everybody or losing. So she could easily get bounced by qualifier Diana Ostromska in the first round, who's been as high as 21st in the world. Or she could cruise on through to the final. Like, she's so unpredictable. We're going to say that Navarro is maybe a little bit fatigued from this past week and doesn't get through. And um, let's let's move Von Drusseva into that fourth round where Ostapenko, I think, will move on. So we like Ostapenko for the Von Drusseva section, section two. And again, the winner of this section would face the winner of the Sviatek section. On to section three. This is the Rabakina section. She got a really challenging draw getting Karolina Plishkova in the first round. Uh, Plishkova has uh, started to... Uh, fade a little bit in terms of consistency, and uh, this is more of, again, an unfortunate draw for Pliskova than it is for Rabakina. Like, it stinks for Rabakina to get somebody who's a former world number one in the first round, but is showing, in my mind, stamina issues and uh, could get quite honestly, steamrolled in this first match. Plitschka it was somebody who would be a great hitting partner <laughs> at this stage in her career, and I don't know if she's as threatening as she was earlier in her career. So this could be a good match for Rabakina. The rest of this section for her, I think she can cruise. I don't think there's any threats to her going out of this round. Uh, the 14th seed in this section is Daria Kasatkina, who... We are not huge fans of. We think she could get bounced by Peyton Stearns in the first round, despite her career success against the young American. We hope that Sloane Stevens awaits in the second round. We, we, We think that Stevens still has the goods, but she just doesn't bring it to the table all the time. She loses to players she shouldn't. She's so talented. She doesn't hit the ball as hard as you think she would. She doesn't retrieve as well as you think she would. On paper, Stevens should be a top 10 player. She's just not there. But uh, she's always dangerous. And I think with this draw, uh, Stevens could make some noise and at least get get some wins. I think Stevens just needs to get some wins and start 2024 on the right foot. We think that the draw sets up for her to do that. We're going to put her through to the fourth round to face off against Robachna and then bow out. So we think that Stevens has the potential for a strong showing uh, with her t- demise coming at the hands of Rabakana, who we think will steamroll through this section. In section four, this is Jessie Pagula's section. Pagula had to withdraw from her most recent tournament. She was sick, but I think she's going to be fine For the open. My sense is that it was a little bit of a precautionary withdrawal rather than something that is uh, more serious. Her section is fine up until the fourth round, I think. So she faces off against qualifier Rebecca Marino in the first round. Her other seed in the third round is Yu Lin. She should cruise uh, to the fourth round here, where she faces most likely upstart. Chinese player Zheng King Wen, who we really, really like, we for a breakout for this year. She is knocking on the door of the top ten, and she doesn't have a ton of points to defend. So she could uh, get into that top ten and break through pretty quickly and stay there for quite a while this season. She was the newcomer of the year on the WTA tour in 2022, and she is a very dangerous player. She's got all the shots. And, uh, you know, the, the the mental part of her game is what is sort of next to come to, to get her to the next level. We like her to advance through to the fourth round as well. She's got Sarana Kirstea, Emma Raducanu, and Shelby Rogers in her section. Um, but we, we don't think that any of them is going to present too much of an issue for her. And we like her to move past Pagula in the fourth round and into the quarterfinals. And I think that would be her first quarterfinal at a major in her career oh no she made the u.s open quarterfinal last year so coming off the heels of that we like it for her to get to her second quarterfinal pagula you know she's developing this reputation if you've if you're seeing netflix her and maria sakari combined you know they're, they're consistent players and this goes for andre rublev on the men's side where they're, they're just not threats to win majors Like, they can win smaller tournaments. They will rack up a lot of wins throughout the season. But when push comes to shove, they're not champions. And Pagula is starting to come up against it in her career. We think that Zhang is an unfortunate 12 seed in her draw. And we find uh, Zhang to be problematic for Pagula at this part of the draw. And we like Zhang to move on to the quarterfinals. Speaking of Maria Sakari, she is section five. She anchors this section as the eighth seed. We like her chances more than we do Pagoula's to move on, but there are some uh, interesting players in this section of the draw as well. Her seeded player is in the third round is Elisa Mertens, the 25th seed. Mertens is annoying to play because she... Doesn't hit the ball super hard, but she has all the shots. And if she's on, she can be frustrating. She's not always on, but when she is, she can be frustrating. She's very consistent at the majors. So we expect Mertens to live up to her seed and get into the third round. When we look at her career, she's a former semifinalist at this tournament. Last year, she was third round at the Open, fourth at the French, second at Wimbledon, and third round at the U.S. Open. She has a winning percentage of 70% at the majors. And uh, outside of the 2022 U.S. Open first round, she has won her first round match every single year since that semifinal run in Australia in 2018 at every single major. So, and she's only been out of the second round twice. That was Uh, the US Open in 2022 and Wimbledon in 2023. So she's made the third round every single tournament at the majors, except for two times. I'm jumbling the way I'm saying this. Let me put it this way. She is going to live up to her seed out of 23 times in major tournaments. She's made the third round 21 times. I will put it that way. Extremely consistent at the majors. Better winning percentage at majors than she does in her career overall. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Sakari and Mertens uh, for the third round. We think that that matchup will materialize. And they know each other's games very well because they've played each other so many times. Sakari leads the head-to-head Against Mertens, with I believe it's six to four, six to four edge. So, very familiar with their game. Sakri has good versatility in her game as well. We believe she hasn't come to net as much as we think she should, and uh, that kind of relies on her power a little too much. She's got more to her game than she oftentimes shows, and hopefully, she'll uh, show that versatility here at the Australian Open. Bottom half of the draw is. Beatriz Adadmaya, who we think could get upset in the first round by the upstart uh, Czech player Linda Fruhertova. We are uh, we think that upset is going to happen. And um, we the Sarah Saribas-Tormo was very curious to me in this part of the draw as well. We like her to move through into the third round at least. Um, she is such a challenging player, extreme endurance player. A- again, one of those annoying players to play because she does not quit she she's kind of like Nadal you know soreba Toro is from Spain whereas Nadal plays every single point like it's match point Tor, toro is the same way where it's there's she's just relentless and uh she doesn't hit the ball hard at all but she gets to absolutely everything so she can be a frustrating opponent to play we really like that the Australia uh, that the Australian Open gave Uh, veteran French woman, Elisa Cornet, a wild card uh, in this tournament. I don't know that she was going to qualify, but she has played in every single major since 2007. The only time she missed it was when Wimbledon wasn't held during 2020. Ever since, she has made every single major since 2007 and has played in every single... Australian Open since 2006. She has her best winning percentage at the Australian Open, 55%. And her best success came in the 2022, believe it or not, uh, the uh, 2022 Open when she made the quarterfinals. That was her best appearance where she bowed out to Danielle Collins. And uh, in that... Uh, uh, tournament, she beat uh, Simona Halep to get to that fourth round and Garbina Muguruza in the second round. So uh, w- that was an outstanding tournament for Cornet. We don't know that she will repeat that success, but it's very interesting. If she gets by her first round match, she'll face the winner of former semifinalist Magda Lynette and Caroline Wozniacki. So Wozniacki, Elisa Cornet. I would love to see that as a second-round match. Players who are just stalwarts of the tour, uh, that would be really, really fun. And they have similar styles, right? Where neither one of them hits the ball all that hard either, but they are uh, retrieving the ball as best they can, and they are fighters on the court. Head-to-head, Wozniacki has a 7-2 advantage over Cornet, but one of Cornet's wins looks like was actually a default so um corne really only has one win against wozniacki it was back in 2007 at the u.s open in the second round so wozniacki uh, has a good history against Cornet. I, I guess i would imagine that to continue but i would like to see another match between the two of them so who will advance out of this? This is a challenging section, again, because Sakari doesn't have any history to draw upon. And, you know, I don't know that Wozniacki has enough under her belt yet to get through this. We don't like Maya. We might go with... I don't know. I'm not sure. We're going to have to put a pin in this and move on. I don't, I don't know that... It, this is this is a tough one. This is a really tough uh, section of the draw. Let's put a pin in it and move to section six. This is Coco Goff section of the draw. We love this draw for Coco. I, we think she's going to go very far in this tournament. And part of the reason is because of this draw. She gets the uh, Slovak uh, Schmidlova, who I think is more of a double player in the first round. And... Um... Her seeded player in her section is Layla Fernandez, who we don't think is presents too many challenges. We think she might get Alicia Parks in the third round. We're hoping that. The uh, young American with the big serve, that would be really fun if Parks could get a little bit of a mini breakthrough here. Start her season off well and get to the third round. We think she can. She gets a qualifier in the first round and then potentially Layla Fernandez in the second round. Fernandez is tough because she's a really good retriever and a fighter as well. But Parks, if she's on with her serve, it, she could potentially overpower Fernandez. So that's a second round match we'd like to see. We would love it if Parks could get to that third round. And we think the possibility is there. I don't know if that it's likely, but it is certainly... In the cards, we think, for Parks. At the top of this draw, the other seeded player is Caroline Garcia. She gets Naomi Osaka in the first round, which stinks thanks for Garcia. Garcia's a 16 seed. I, in my opinion, she's underachieved at majors for her whole career, similar to Pagula and similar to Sakari, um, with not as much notoriety because Garcia's career has been a little bit more up and down than... Pagula and Sakuri. Pagula and Sakuri have been mainstays in the top 10 for years, whereas Garcia has floated in and out depending on her streakiness. Again, right now she's the 16 seed. We think the winner of Osaka and Garcia should be able to move into the fourth round, looking at the rest of this draw to get Goff. We don't think either one of them is going to get by Goff. We like Goff uh, quite easily to move into the quarterfinals. Section seven. This is Jabour's section of the draw. Jabour doesn't have. She's got major success, winning or getting to the finals in three of the last six. But she doesn't have great success here at the Australian Open. Only one quarterfinal appearance. Her draw isn't too too bad though either. Overall, if we if we expand to the fourth round part of this draw. Her seeded player is Barbara Kajikova. There's just not a lot of heft in this part of the draw. Like, Jabor, if she's going to make a breakthrough at the Australian Open, this is the draw to do it. The only problem is the second round, where she could face the upstart teenager from Russia, Mira Andreva. If Jabor is able to get by Andreva, then she should move through. But the same can be said for Andreva. Is this Andreva's breakout tournament? I think for Andreva, it could be if she didn't get Jabour in the second round. We think Jabour's variety could challenge and trouble the inexperienced yet talented Andreva. That's the only issue that we have there. I'm not sure what we're going to do with that yet either. (laughs) Um, But those are the two players we think have the ability to get through the fourth round. Kujikov is a fine player, and she's done well to back up her major championships with some consistent play, but we don't think she's really, you know, the ninth best player in the world, and we think somebody could have her. Um, It could be Alexandrova, who is starting to slowly get her ranking up a little bit. There's just not a lot in this part of the draw, like at all. Um, it's gonna be Jabor, Andreva, or Krajikova, and we put Krajikova third on that list. In section eight, we really like Sabalenka to move through. There are some intriguing first-round matchups, but they're not in her section. Sabalenka, we think, will easily get through to the fourth round. I don't see any challenges whatsoever. We we see this as like a straight set, straight set, straight set all the way to the fourth round. Not dropping even too many games. Not breaking a sweat until she gets to the fourth round. The matchups on the other side of her section are quite interesting. We've got Samsonova, the 13 seed, facing off against... Uh, former top 25 player, Amanda Anisimova, who had taken some time off of the tour. So she might not be uh, fully ready yet. And again, it kind of stinks for Anisimova to have to face a seated player in coming back. But that's the way the draw sometimes works, unfortunately. So we like uh, Anisimova, unfortunately, to, to go down to Sam in that first round. Also in that section of the draw, we've got former finalist Pajicenkova facing off against 21st seed Donna Vekic and Paula Bedosa, who I think we missed. Is she a finalist as well? No, she's only made the quarterfinal. Okay. Uh, Paula Bedosa, former world number two, faces off against the athletic Taylor Townsend in the first round. We think that's going to be a very intriguing match. Contrast of styles. Townsend, one of, I think, the most aggressive players on the tour, likes to play points quickly and get to net, which could challenge a player like Bedosa who likes to hug the baseline. So we like Sabalenka to move through into the quarterfinal either way, whoever she gets in the fourth round. And we think that she'll get by whoever is in Section 7 as well. So when we look at the tournament as a whole. We do like Sviatek to get through to the quarterfinals to face off against Ostapenko, and that is her kryptonite. Ostapenko is a four-love record against Sviatek, but we like that quarterfinal to happen because we do think that Ostapenko will get by Azarenka and finally get her first win career-wise. We just like the way that she's playing, and again, to reiterate, we like her fitness level this year as relative to years past. We like Rabakana to get through her section over Sloan Stevens to face Kinwen Zheng in the quarterfinals. We're going to give that to Zheng as well. We think this is going to be her breakout tournament. Rabakana needs to back up uh, her success from last year, but uh, Rabakana is. A kind of like a one-trick pony when it comes to her game. And she's pretty simple to figure out. So um, we think Jane can do that. We think that she could get to her first semifinal of her career. Then in the soccer section, I think we're going to go with Wozniacki. We're just going to do it because, you know, her, her draw is very tough. Lynette in the first round, not an easy draw. And then Corne, uh, either Fru or Tova, Saribis, Tormo, or Adadmaya in the third round, and then Sakari in the fourth or Mertens. We just think that the, the, the issue, that what we like about this draw for Wozniacki is that there isn't a Sabalenka. There isn't a Goff. There isn't somebody who could hit her off the court, Ostapenko, where uh, Azarenka, right? Sockery has power, but not to the point where Wozniacki can't neutralize it. If if we saw someone like an Azarenka in this draw, we would not move Wozniacki through. We think at this point in her, her career, her, her biggest challenge will be her ability to absorb power, but we don't see that In this section. And so we're going to put her through to the quarterfinal where she will face Coco Goff. And that's where we think her major run will end. We like Goff out of section six. We like her a lot out of this section. Section seven, we are going to go with Mira Andreva to get through to her first quarterfinal to face off against Sabalenka. And we think Sabalenka will advance. So we like Sabalenka and Goff in the semis versus Zhang and Ostapenko. We're going to go with Ostapenko to get to the final against Sabalenka, and we're going to go with Sabalenka to win. That's what we're going to go with. That's what we've just decided. We we like Ostapenko that much this year. We think that her attitude is better. Her disposition and demeanor on the court is a little bit more controlled. And we just we just like the way she's playing, and so that's what we're going to go with Sabalenka as our champion. Bets that we like in the first round. So we like Alicia Parks at plus one twenty, who is facing off against a. Qualifier Darius Nagur let me check and see if those are the right odds now that I'm looking at this that is really surprising but it is yes Nagur is minus 145 Parks is plus 120 so we're definitely going with Alicia Parks at plus 120 that's going to be our first play we are also going to go with Elisa Cornet at plus 105 against Maria Timofiva that's a play that we really like we are going to go with Donna Vekic, who is an underdog despite being a seeded player in her match against Anastasia Palyuchenkova. We like Vekic at plus 150. We're going to go with Taylor Townsend at plus 165 over Paula Bedosa. We're going to go with Angeli Kerber at plus 175 over Danielle Collins. Those are going to be our five plays for the women's side. So again, Parks at plus 120, Cornet at plus 105, Donna Vekic at plus 150, Taylor Townsend plus 165, Angelique Kerber plus 175. If you want to go for some plays with uh, more challenging odds, we're looking at Camilla Georgie in the first round against Victoria Azarenka. If Georgie's on, she can beat anybody in the world and she is at plus 235. We're also looking at Shelby Rogers, who has had a ton of time off, but she gets Radikanu in the first round. We think she could win that match, and Rogers is at plus 245. Those are the two plays that we're looking at that have longer odds. We are not going to play them, but we are considering them, and we might look at them for some games played odds or players to win a set, those types of plays, and if we do, we will post them on X. But we like Sabalenka as the overall champion against Yelena Ostapenko and uh, those five plays that we recommended. So that is the women's side of things. On the men's side, the draw is not as deep. It's not exactly like Federer, Nadal, Murray and everybody else, but... uh, or Federer, Nadal, Djokovic and Murray and everybody else. But it is... I, I think the... The number of players who could win this is much less than what we see on the women's side. So we're going to go through the draw here. Again, section by section, naming the draw based on the player who anchors that section and then uh, make some predictions and some first round plays that we like as well. The draw is kind of deep with veterans. I will say that, but I don't know that those veterans are likely to have multiple upsets in their draw. Their, their ability to win a match on any given day is there for a lot of these players, but I don't know if the consistency is there. So first off, we've got Novak Djokovic. Now he is... There's rumors about a wrist injury with him. So it'll be very curious to see how that plays itself out. His first two rounds, you could not ask for... Easier, you've got a qualifier in the first round and then um, two Australians, uh, Papyron and Pullman's who, uh, th- I mean, he's going to be in the third round, uh, he's going to snap his fingers and he's going to be there. Third round match is very interesting because the seeded player is Thomas Echeverry, who's a fine player, but Echeverry gets Andy Murray in the first round and the winner of that match could face Gael Monfils in the second round. So if Monfils or Murray gets to Djokovic, that is definitely going to be prime time viewing for the Australian Open. That is something that they absolutely want to see. I am telling you right now, when that draw came out, you know they were like, let's find either Monfils or Murray. Let's get them in to this third round. That is absolutely something that they want to see. When we look at their career histories. I want to uh, break this down for you because they played each other so many times. We'll get to um, Djokovic. We'll pull up his, his first against Monfis. I don't know if Monfils has ever beaten him. And then to Murray. So for Gael Monfils against Novak Djokovic, their head-to-head It's 19 to 0. Yeah, I was right. They played each other 19 times. Djokovic has won every single time. 19 to nothing. That's crazy. And then when we look at Andy Murray, their history, they have played each other 36 times. Djokovic has a 25 to 11 advantage. Of course, Murray and Monfis are not the players they once were, and Djokovic still is the player that he once was. He's probably better than the player he once was, which is kind of wild. So let's see what Murray and Monfils' head-to-head is. This is maybe a little bit more interesting. They've only played each other six times, which is a little bit surprising. Murray holds a 4-2 advantage over Monfils. Monfils, of course unparalleled athleticism on the tour and Murray unparalleled grit so uh, we would like to see that second round match and whoever wins to get into the third round we think Murray can get by Echeverry it's not the easiest draw but it's certainly doable on the bottom part of this section there's some interesting matches Ben Shelton is the 16th seed this was his breakout tournament last year uh, reaching the quarterfinals And uh, getting his career, or getting 2023 off right, he had a little bit of a dip and then, if you recall, made the semifinals of the U.S. Open. But he was, I believe, outside the top 100 when the Australian Open, uh, at, at the start of the Australian Open last year, and got to the quarterfinals. I believe he lost to Tommy Paul who made the semi. So Shelton, you know, his his seeding is based off of his performance at the majors last year. He faces the veteran Roberto Bautista Agu in the first round, who has fallen off a little bit, is still kind of hanging around. He is a former quarterfinalist here. Um, It's a good match for Shelton. I think Bautista Agu will provide a good backboard for Shelton to get through. Not exactly... Someone you want to see because Batista Agu is definitely capable of winning this match and Shelton is erratic. If Shelton contains his play and keeps the ball on the court rather than, you know, sailing balls long on his racket, then he should be fine. Uh, There's another match here that's very intriguing in the first round. It's Adrian Manorino, another backboard, versus uh, Stan Vavrenka. Manorino is a 20 seed and he's playing really well. We imagine out of this section with Manorino, Vavrenka, uh, Batista, Gu, and Shelton, that Manorino will get to the fourth round against Djokovic, and then <laughs> Djokovic will beat him in straight sets. That's our prediction for this section. We like Manorino uh, to uh, upset Shelton if that matchup uh, materializes, and if it does, we could see Djokovic you know, playing a match with Manorino like 7-6, 6-4, 6-1, something like that. The second section is the Sitsipas section. It's hard to believe what Sitsipas; He was a finalist last year in this tournament. Oh, I didn't go through that for you. Let me let me take a little bit of a step back. The major champions in this tournament. Djokovic, Alcaraz, Andy Murray, Medvedev, Stan Vavrenka, Marin Cilic, and Dominic Thiem. And then finalists include Kaspar Rude, Alexander Zverev, And then two unseated players, Matteo Berrettini and Milos Raonic. And when we look at uh, Sitsipas, he faces Matteo Berrettini in the first round. Again, unfortunate on both sides. More unfortunate for Berrettini, we think. Um, Berrettini has had some success in the Australian Open, making the semifinals in 2022. And... It just it just stinks that he gets Sitsipas. Um, Sitsipas' career it's almost like it's not as dramatic as Sakari, but there's there, they've kind of followed similar paths in that. It's almost like a now or never situation with both of them if they're going to win a major. Um, Sitsipas maybe has a little bit more bandwidth, but that window is certainly closing and we'd like to see him get it done this year, if at all possible. Um he does have a good record against Bertini; They've played three times and he's won all three matches. So that is of course, working in his favor. So again, unfortunate draw, but either way, um, we like pass to get through. Jordan Thompson is an extremely interesting second round match. He is starting to play a little bit better recently. And he is tricky because you don't know what kind of game he's going to bring. He could either be very aggressive. He could hug the baseline. He could attack the net. He can do a lot of different things. It's just a matter of whether or not he does do them. He upset uh, Alexander Zverev in uh, the Japan Open last year um, for uh, a top 10 win, and he beat uh, Pass at the third round of um, BNP Paribas last year as well, also known as Indian Wells. And he, I don't know. This is a very interesting second round match. We like Thompson potentially to upset Sitsi Pass. So let's go through the rest of this. Lorenzo Musetti is the 25th seed. We think he'll probably be fine getting to the third round and facing either Thompson or Sitsi Pass. At the top of this section is Taylor Fritz. Fritz, really, uh, this is to me. This is the year he needs to break through at a major as well. He has broken through at the Masters 1000 level with his win, I believe, at Indian Wells. And he uh, he hasn't done it at the majors, though. At all. He's only gotten to the quarterfinal. He got to the quarterfinal of the U.S. Open last year and at Wimbledon two years ago. It's... You know, with Sitsipas and Fritz here, it's one of them. They, they've they got to do it. They've got to do it now. And, um, you know, they're going to face Djokovic in the quarterfinal, who's potentially battling a wrist injury. So got to take advantage of any opportunities they have. Fritz's section is fine. It's He's likely getting Sarundalo in the third round or uh, Marin Cilic, who's coming back. But we don't like... You know, uh, players coming back with their first tournament being a major, especially on the men's side versus the women, though, because on the men's side, you have to go five sets in the majors, whereas there are three sets in every other tournament. And the women's side, I don't want to say that it's easier, but it's something that they're more familiar with because they play three sets in every tournament, whereas the men, if you're coming back from injury and you have to go five sets all the time, that just doesn't that's not a recipe for success. So. Uh, as much as we are fans of Chilich, we like Chilich a lot, but we we don't know that this is the you know this isn't the way you want to come back having to having to play in a major like this. So Fritz should get through to the fourth round versus whoever he gets. We think it might be Fritz versus Musetti. We like Musetti uh, to get Jordan Thompson in the third round and then. Um, Fritz to get by him. So Fritz and Djokovic is what we're going to go through for the quarterfinals here. Section three, moving on, we've got Yannick Sinner, who faces a decent player in round one in Botik van Jansup. Uh, he has uh, not played as well recently, but he has been as high as 22 in the world. So a good first round test for Sinner, something he should get through comfortably, but A good first round matchup. Somebody that he's not going to walk over who should give him a little bit of resistance. The rest of his draw is fairly straightforward. The seeded player is Sebastian Baez. Baez is an underdog to J.J. Wolf in the first round. We'll see how that shakes out. We don't see any threats to centers advancing to the fourth round here. The bottom of the draw is much more interesting. It's Karen Kachanov, who's a 15 seed, who has had success at this tournament in the past making the semifinals just last year and uh, he could face Francis Tiafo in the third round or Borna Koric. Koric and Tiafo is a first round match that that is one that stakes for both, right? Because both of these players have the potential to get to be semifinalists I think at this tournament, but unfortunately they have to play each other in the first round. This will be a very high quality match we anticipate Koric just outside the seeded players. And it depends on who's going to be in better form. Two of the fittest players on the tour easily. Um, we, we think that having to face each other in the first round will unfortunately not pay dividends later on to where they might be fatigued uh, throughout the rest of the tournament. So um, we like that for Hatchanoff. Um, to get through to the fourth round and then bow out to Sinner. So we really like Sinner to move through. We like Kachanov to live up to his seed, but only because Tiafoe and Korich are playing each other in the first round. If that were not the case, we would think about it a little differently. But we'll say that Kachanov gets to the fourth round and then loses to Sinner. Section four, this is Rublev's section. Rublev is the number five seeded player. He's never been past a quarterfinal in his career. It feels like a little bit of a... Broken record with some of these players. He's got Sebi Corda in his uh, part of the draw in the third round, the 29 seed. uh, Korda, uh has top 10 potential. And um, we wonder if this is going to be the time that he lives up to it. His best showing at a major was in this exact tournament last year when he made... The quarterfinal, he lost to Karen Achinov and had to retire in that match. But Korda beat Medvedev last year in the third round and got past Ubi uh, Urkac 7-6 in the fifth set after losing the fourth set 6-1 to move on. So Korda, we wonder if he can build off of that success and defend some points Um, You know, if you're going to get a top-seeded player, it might as well be Rublev. Uh, Rublev is one of the hardest hitters on the tour, but doesn't have a ton of variety, doesn't have a plan B. And so we think that Korda could get back to that fourth round, and we think he can get back to the quarterfinals and live up to that quarterfinal achievement that he had last year, because the top section here is anchored by Alex Dimonor, who faces the tough server Milos Raonic now we would much again favor Raonic in this matchup with Dimonor if it were a tournament that was not a major if it were if they if Raonic only had to win two sets we think the odds would be much different and we would like his chances much more but Dimonor can outlast anybody one of the fittest players on the tour one of the quickest players on the tour and can play all day long from Australia so the heat won't bother him and so we like D to reach the fourth round. When we look at the composition of his section, uh, to get to face Korda, and then we like Corda to move through as section four. So we like Korda facing Sinner in the quarterfinals. In the bottom half, this is a very interesting section. It's anchored by the eight seed Olga Runa. And the nine seed at the bottom is Ubi Erkoch. Erkoch has not had too much success at the majors, save one semifinal appearance in 2021. And Runa is uh, still very, very young as an 18. He's only 20 years old. So when we say he hasn't had success at the majors, it's because he hasn't played in too many. So uh, we're not uh, concerned that, you know, let, let, you know, someone like Arublev, Rublev who's played for years now and has not broken through. That's not the case with Runa. We think Runa is going to get upset in this first round by um, Nishioka. Nishioka is... He... Now, Runa could win love, love, and love, and I'm not even kidding. But Nishioka can frustrate you with the way he gets balls back. He is... he hits the ball so slowly, and he gets to pretty much everything until you exhaust him point after point after point. It, I mean you, Nishioka could win this match and not have a single service winner. But Runa it's it's his game is temperamental, his mind is temperamental and we're not sure where he's at. If you remember his meltdown at the US Open last year complaining as a number 4 seed that he was um, insulted by playing on the you know an outer court, you know, that, that he was being disrespected by the open for, you know, not not being able to play on a show court in his first round match. And then he lost that match to Roberto Carballas Bayena in four sets. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I think Runa has a lot of growing up to do and it could be that he does so this year, but we don't think he does so at this tournament. Nishioka's plus 550. We're going to put a little bit of money on that. We don't like Nishioka in terms of, (laughs) like, him as a player, to be quite honest, or his ability to advance in the draw. But we think it's just a super intriguing matchup, one that will frustrate Rune to no end. Urkach's section is interesting. We think he should get through. He could face uh, Denis Shapovalov in the second round, the former top 10, I believe top 10, player, um former phenom really on the tour who has just not lived up to his talent. Some of it being injury, some of it being mental. Um extremely likable player for sure, but just ha- you know, he hasn't lived up to the hype. Um we would like to see him come back, but we don't like the fact that he would have to get Urkach in the second round. And the rest of this draw should be fine. So we like Urkach to move through to the quarterfinal. In this section, section six, this is Medvedev's section. It's pretty good for Medvedev with a little bit of resistance at the top part of the draw. 13 seed Grigor Dimitrov, who had a very good year last year, uh, including beating Medvedev, I think, um, very recently. He gets Martin Fukovic in the first round, who's just a challenging player. The strongest, fittest player on the tour, I, I think, uh, hands down, is Martin um, Yeah, He's a, he's a, he's extremely strong, extremely fit. He's not extremely good at tennis, though. Like, he's fine. But um, Dimitrov should get through that. But um, should get some resistance in that first round. It's a pretty good first round match. And then he would face either Ofner or Kokonakis in the second round. Same thing. Some resistance, but should win. Davidovich, Fikina... In the third round, resistance, but should win. He should get to the fourth round, live up to his seeding, and I think he'll face Medvedev. Medvedev's draw is not that challenging. The seeded player in his section is Felix Oje Aliassim, who might, in fact, go out in the first round to Dominic Team. That's actually an upset that we will call later on. We like Team to um, get through that one. Oje Aliassim, um, He's fortunate to be the 2017 seed with the year he had last year. He just struggled mightily and just couldn't figure out how to win matches. And it was unclear as to what the issue really was with him when you watched his matches. Because it seemed like he was mentally in it. It seemed like he was making shots and then all of a sudden he would just lose. And it happened a lot. And uh, we don't know if he's figured it out yet. Team has struggled to come back in a way that he probably thought he could but this is a good opportunity for him we we think that this he could he could get through to the fourth round here or the third round excuse me to get Medvedev and really get an opportunity to truly break through and finally recover from all the injuries that he has been through we don't think he will against Medvedev but we think he'll get there we think he'll present an opportunity to himself. So we like Medvedev to get through the fourth round and get past Dimitrov as the two live up to their seedings to face Urkacz in the quarterfinals. Section seven, this is Zverev's section. We think Zverev has it made in this section. We don't see him losing a set in route to the quarterfinals. He's got Casper Root on the bottom who might lose to Ramos Vinolas in the first round. We've got Cam Nori who's injured We've got Yuri Lahechka, who's just coming off a really good uh, win on tour. He um, he just won the warm-up tournament there in, where was it? In Adelaide, got past Jack Draper. So a, a great win for Lahechka. We're not big fans of picking players who are coming off wins. Uh, especially at you know in warm-up tournaments, especially when for the men's side again, because you go from three sets to five sets. And so Lehechka could live up to his seating, but we like Zverev to cruise through this section. We don't even really have much to say here. Section eight, this is Alcaraz's section. He gets the Wiley Richard Gasquet in the first round. Gasquet might offer resistance for a set. And then Alcarez will do his thing. Good first round opponent, though, because Gasquet, of course, former top ten player, and you know has all the shots and is a, at this point very much an effort player in his career. So you know that Alcarez will get his best showing. The second round match for Alcarez is super intriguing, it because that match pits Daniel Evans against Lorenzo Sinego, two players outside of the rankings who. Can cause trouble for seeded players. We think if they were in other sections of the draw, we would like them to, each of them, to move through the draw uh, further. Both of them are quick and both of them are uh, pains in the butt to play against for how many shots they get back and can be frustrating. Uh, we don't think they'll be frustrating for Alcaraz, but we think they'll be a step up in competition from Gasquet. And then in the third round, it could be anybody. We don't like Bublik, and the the quirky um, thirty one seed. He's just so inconsistent. We think he could lose to qualifier Sumit Nagal in the first round because Bublik. He's one of these players who has all the shots, but he just doesn't know when to use them, and is not smart about his style of play, and he almost prefers the showmanship to winning, and we think that could rear itself in that first round, even against a player who has had, you know, whose only success has come below ATP tour level. Um, We think this is a fantastic opportunity for Nagal, and we, we hope he takes advantage of it. In the top part, we've got Tommy Paul. Paul will likely face Jack Draper in the second round, who he just lost to. Draper has been beset by injuries himself. He has top 20 talent, we believe, and um, it's concerning that Paul has to face him again. But we like Paul to get through if they face again. Again, the three-set versus five-set factor and the fact that it's in the second round. Um, Paul's a semifinal sack here. He's got a lot of points to defend Um, we think he can get to the fourth round. He has a fun history against Alcaraz. Let me look up their head-to-head, um, as we get through to some of the quarterfinal matchups here. They played a lot last year and, um, the matches were quite entertaining. So let me tell you what their, um, head-to-head is for their careers. It is two and two, but again, when they played last year, I don't believe it was in a, I don't believe it was in a major, so it wouldn't have been uh, a five-set affair. Last year, they played in three tournaments. They they So they've played at Masters 1000s, all four times they've played. So the first time they played was um, Canada in 2022, Paul won in three sets. They played in Miami last year in the round of 16. Alcaraz won four and four. Then Tommy Paul got him in Canada again in three sets. And then in Cincinnati, they played in three sets as well, where Alcaraz won six, three in the third. So Paul has beaten him twice on a hard court in Canada, which is probably very similar to Australia in their surface. And Miami and Cincinnati are, they're probably a little bit faster than... Canada is so we'll see if they get to face off in the fourth round that would be exciting if they were to do so we would pick Alcaraz to get through um we just like we like the way this draw is setting up for Alcaraz to get to the quarterfinal against Zverev so what do we like for quarterfinal matchups we like Djokovic versus Fritz we like Sinner versus Korda. We like erkoch versus Medvedev. And we're going to go with Zverev versus Alcaraz. So some chalk, but an upset or two along the way. We think Nokovac gets past Fritz in straight sets, to be honest. We like Sinner to get through against um, Korda. We like... Let's go with Erkoc to beat Medvedev and get to a semi and then Alcaraz. We're going to go with Sinner and Alcaraz in the final. We're going to go with Sinner to get past Djokovic. We do think that resurgence could be something. And then let's go with Alcaraz to um, get past Ubi Erkoc in the semis. And then let's go with Sinner to win his first... Major. We're going to go with a little bit of an upset here. Everybody's talking about Alcaraz versus Djokovic, but I think people are forgetting about Yannick Sinner. We think he's the third best player in the world. We do think he's better than Medvedev, and um, that's what we're going to go with. So if we look at Yannick Sinner, his runner-up odds are plus 900 right now on DraftKings. That is pretty intriguing. Uh, Semifinals are plus 225. That's a better bet. And we are going to put some money on that for Yannick Sinner. Plus 225 to make the semifinals. That's going to be our play for the draw. Some plays we like in the first round. We are going to go with Daniel Evans at plus 125 over Senego. We think that's basically a coin flip, so there's value in plus money there. We're going to go with, let's see, not too much else. Nishioka at plus 550. We're going to go with Sumit Nagal at plus 425. And we're going to go with Sebastian Baez at plus 140 over. J.J. Wolf. We think that could be frustrating for the American. Some odds to look at within games or, you know, in terms of maybe sets or live betting. Borna versus Tiafoe. We think that could be a long match. Um, Rounic maybe could get to five sets against Demonor. Depending on how well he's serving. Again, we think Demonor will win. But we could see Roundage taking a couple sets. And maybe one more here. Let's go with Batista Agu. We might like we actually might take him at plus two twenty to get past Ben Shelton. We will take that. So our bets for the men's side are. The following five, Daniel Evans at plus 125 versus Senego. We are going to go with Baez at plus 140 versus JJ Wolf. We're going to go with Bautista Gu, plus 220 over Ben Shelton. Sumit Nagal 425 over uh, Bublik. And then Nishioka at plus 550 over Ogaruna. And we're going to go with Sinner to make the semifinals at plus 225. So there you have it, a very long episode for the Australian Open preview. Again, most of the coverage will be on ESPN+, Plus, as much as you can find on ESPN+, Plus, and then they will have coverage throughout overnight if you want to stay up for it. Uh, the Tennis Channel will have in-studio coverage from the likes of John Wertheim, uh, Lindsay Davenport, Martina Navratilova, etc., so you can watch them you know, prior to the start of play. Typically, play, I think, will start coverage-wise on ESPN around 7 p.m. for ESPN Plus or ESPN, maybe even ESPN 3, but won't be on the regular networks until 9 o'clock or maybe even 11 o'clock, depending on what their coverage looks like for the day. So that'll do it for this episode of Tiebreaker Tennis. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back throughout the tournament to see how it shakes out. If we like some plays, we'll likely visit maybe some fourth round matches on the men's and women's side. That's what we did for the U.S. Open. We thought it worked pretty well, you know, 15 to 20 minute episodes on um, the fourth round and through to the quarter semis and finals. That'll be our plan for now. And if there are any recommendations that we really, really like, stay tuned to Two Minute Drill for plays of the day within the Australian Open. This is Chris Hayes. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on X at Total Sports underscore 247 for more coverage of the Australian Open and everything going on within the sports world. See you next time.